Welcome to the Growth Exponential Podcast. Today we're joined by a special guest, Natalie Treat. Natalie Treat is the Executive Director of the C10 Research and Education Foundation, whose mission is to monitor and advocate for the safety of Seabrook Station Nuclear Power Plant in order to protect public health and the environment in Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and beyond. Natalie, welcome. Thanks, Bradley. It's great to be here. I'm really excited that you can join us today because the work that you're doing is is so unique and local. And I, I just can't wait to hear your story and about C10. Um, on a high level, could you share with us about, about C10? Sure. Well, C10 was founded um, around the time that Seabrook Station Nuclear Power Plant in coastal New Hampshire was uh, going online. In fact, the year that the plant went online in 1991. And C10 stands for Citizens Within the 10 Mile Radius. Um, initially, it was a group of people who were concerned about having a nuclear power plant in a highly populated coastal area with busy beaches. That, that's, so, that's so interesting. So how, how did the organization originally form? Well, C10 stands for Citizens Within a 10 Mile Radius, and it was a group of people that were concerned about a nuclear power plant being built in a uh, highly populated coastal community with busy beaches in the summer and, um, frankly, limited evacuation routes given that the power plant is on the coast. Um, so that was the, the precursor group um, to C10, and then we were founded and went um, active the year that the plant went online we began a um, network of real-time radiological monitoring to monitor beta and gamma radiation as well as wind speed and direction surrounding the plant. Um, and this was eventually picked up by the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And since the mid-90s, we've been funded to operate this network. Um, we are the only citizens group in the country and maybe even the oldest um, in the world. There are some other groups now that do this kind of a thing um, to measure radiation surrounding nuclear power plants. Wow. And that, and that leads me to, I'm super curious to hear your story about what's led you to this. Can you, can you take us way back to, uh, to where it all began? <laughs> Well, there was some childhood involved. Um, my mom was the state rep in the area um, leading in the years leading up to the plant being licensed and going online. And she, like a lot of local and state officials, were really concerned about the plant and public safety. Um, so she had been involved in those issues as a legislator. Um, I went on to begin a career in environmental policy and energy efficiency, as well as communications. And so when I moved home to the area about five years ago uh, and built a net zero energy home, which I'm really proud of with my husband, um, we have a four-year-old daughter. And, um, you know, at those, in those early days, I was looking for uh, a shorter commute from Boston. And I said, what's going on locally? And I thought of the group C10. I actually had been on the board of directors about um, a dozen years ago. And as it turned out, the founding director um, was getting ready to retire. She'd been doing it a lot of years. So the stars aligned for me to take the helm about two and a half years ago. Wow, that is fascinating. And that, I'm, 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 I'm curious, what was that like growing up with a mother who was an elected official? Uh, it, was, it was different. I mean, we were a little bit of a spectacle, honestly, because um, 
it was not so typical for the father to be the primary caretaker. Um, so even that fact garnered a little bit of uh, media attention for, for us. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, both my, my father actually went on to be the mayor of my hometown. So there was a real um, commitment to uh, community engagement and leadership in my family. And I guess this is the way that I'm fulfilling it now. So that's really, that's cool because it's, it's on both sides and multi-generational as far as the responsibility that, that, that you and your family are taking for the community and for society. Wow. So tell me more about C10. What is it that you do on a, on a regular basis? Um, how does the engagement look? Sure. Well, we are in partnership with the Mass Emergency Management Agency, which is like the state version of FEMA. Um, and so um, I, we have myself and um, one employee, and other than that, we are board of directors and volunteers. Um, but our network monitoring administrator, Mike, is the guy who runs this network of probes um, that can pick up beta and gamma radiation. Um, they are connected to uh, computers, and most of them have also a, um, a wind probe and an anemometer. Um, these are in private homes and businesses in the Massachusetts communities within the 10-mile emergency planning zone. That's a federally designated region where there's heightened planning and evacuation planning as well in the event of a radiological emergency at any nuclear power plant. Um, but we run this network for the Commonwealth, and um, when there are instances, and they're not infrequent, but the, there are little times where uh, the normal background radiation levels spike up. And so we get alerts um, in text and emails, and so do the folks at the state. And then our job is to try to figure out what's going on, talk to the resident inspectors of the Nuclear Regulatory Commission at Seabrook. And um, really, it's not up to us to decide anything about if things are at a serious level that the public gets should be notified. Um, it's, that's, that's above our pay grade, that's the state, but we're the ones that keep this network going. Uh, we have in our Newburyport, Massachusetts office a um, central station that takes all the data um, with a GIS map and you know refreshes it um, very frequently in almost real time so that we can see how things are going. Um, nuclear power plants uh, are a fancy way to boil water, and when you boil water, you get steam. And so once in a while, for safety, um, several times a week, in fact, they have to uh, lift the lid, if you will, and let a little steam off. Most of the time, these are very low-level permitted releases. Um, if there's ever anything that goes higher than that sort of normal everyday amount, um, we have very sensitive equipment that picks it up, so we find out about it. Oh, that's so, and, and what is the relationship with the folks that are running the, the nuclear plant as well? Well, we like to think of ourselves as a partner or a complementary to the many folks at the plant at, and as well as local, state, and federal officials that are working for safety. The plant obviously has a sophisticated monitoring network. They monitor in real time. They also, uh, the only outside of the fence monitoring that they do is um, a very passive type of monitoring called thermoluminescent dosimeters. It's about, uh, it's a kind of a film strip. And those are up on telephone poles in the region. And they are taken down every three months and read to look uh, retroactively at cumulative um, radiation exposure. So 
they're a little bit more of a COIA kind of a thing, really, than telling where radiation might be going and if that information would be helpful to first responders in terms of where the wind is blowing in the unlikely event that there were a radiological accident. So um, we like to think of ourselves as partners. Um, they're not super happy with C10 right now because <laughs> I imagine um, aside from our our radiological monitoring, our group has been involved in um, research and advocacy related to safety issues at the plant that we uh, track and, and, and uncover through the regulatory process, through reading on the Nuclear Regulatory Commission website about different filings and proceedings. Um, and about 10 years ago, uh, our researcher discovered this issue called uh, alkali silica reaction um, that was being looked at at the plant. And Seabrook is the first known uh, commercial reactor in the U.S. that has this problem, also known as concrete cancer. So we have been looking at this issue and pushing for greater regulation and oversight because this is the first plant in the country that has this type of concrete problem, which weakens the structures meant to protect us all from radiological exposure. Uh, there are not yet federal guidelines for how nuclear power plants should deal with this, how they should monitor, analyze it, and when they know um, whether safety could be uh, threatened. So we're involved in the case actually culminating just next week in a federal hearing right in Newburyport about um, our questioning of, of the concrete testing and methodology um, uh, related to Seabrook's concrete. So, so that might in fact uh, play a part in our relationship with the plant owner next day right now, but we'd like to think we're all on the side of safety. That sounds like a multi-year and very complex undertaking. It is, yeah. I mean, so C10 exists for the research, education, advocacy, um, and, and the monitoring. Um, we are a membership group, I didn't mention, so as well as being partially state-funded to do the monitoring, we have um, folks who support our work um, both in the region and far beyond because they're, they want to support our, our work in the interest of public safety and environmental health. That's that's amazing, and it's, it's you're keeping so many people safe, and as a precautionary and proactive measure, what are ways that our listeners can get involved, or what type of help do you need? Well, right now, as I mentioned with our legal case, we have um, the world's leading expert in this condition called alkali silica reaction, a professor from uh, University of Colorado at Boulder named Victor Salma, and he is working with us and has spent countless hours over the past year preparing for this hearing that's next week uh, on uh, starting on, on September 23rd. But we also have one of the world's leading public interest environmental and nuclear regulation attorneys working with us. She's not pro bono, so what we need is to pay our, our legal bills. Um, and that's, that's our, my, our big challenge right now. Um, we have a lot more information on our website which is the letter C and then a dash number 10.org, so c-10.org. And we have information about the case. We have a, a few uh, little brief videos about C10 and our monitoring, as well as the concerns about the concrete. And a lot of tools for people to learn about what it means to live near a nuclear power plant and where to get information from the various state agencies. Well, that's remarkable. I, I want to thank you for everything, because nuclear issues are everyone's issue. And um, even though I'm not living in your community, it's such a huge undertaking. So I, I want to wish you tremendous success in all of your worthy endeavors. And thank you for, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Bradley. It's great to uh, be a part of your podcast. <laughs>
You've been listening to the Growth Exponential Podcast. If you know an executive director or nonprofit professional that you think I should interview, shoot me an email at bradley at growthexponential.org.